and welcome inside my chewy head. It's a place where I unlock my experiences on an acute psychiatric ward in my attempt to open your mind when it comes to mental health. Because 25% of the adult population is currently suffering from a mental health problem. Because over a million people are currently involved in mental health services. And because, if it can happen to me, what's to stop it happening to you? Well, in the words that Adele made famous, hello, it's me. And although I'm not in California, I, I well, actually, that's it, really. I'm not in California, so that's disappointing. But anyway, welcome back to the Chewy Head podcast, or welcome if this is your first ever tuning in session. I hope you find what you're looking for. Um, today we're talking about Zara, and Zara was one of the first patients that I met on the second ward I was at who would actually speak to me because for whatever reason as I mentioned in episode two of the series where I compared this ward to the one I was on previously I found the patients somewhat more reserved less friendly I don't know if that's just women being cautious around women but for whatever reason maybe it was just me maybe they thought who the hell is this sea creature from the grave or whatever because I didn't look great I don't know maybe they just thought I don't want to be friends with this girl I want to speak to this girl maybe that was it uh maybe it was personal but for whatever reason nobody well when I say nobody I say I would say that there were very few of people who kind of gave an impression that a they were able to have a conversation with me and b that they that they wanted to but Zara was one of the few people who did and so that's why we're starting with her So Zara was a student. She was currently studying at the University of and she was a Chinese student. So she had literally moved from China for the purpose of studying for her course. And I think she was doing it was really complicated or it sounded really complicated to me. And it was like something to do with IT and social media and something that sounded very progressive and was way above my realm of understanding so but yeah so she was clearly a very intelligent girl she was very outgoing she was obviously quite young because she was still in university and I believe she was in her first year so again really quite young so that would make her what 18 19 unless they have a later entry in China which I'm not really sure she was definitely very clever and she was also definitely quite wealthy and you could tell that just from the clothes that she wore from the fact that she was always on her Apple Mac laptop she was constantly on the phone to people who were in China, which isn't necessarily a sign that you're rich, is it? I mean, I don't know about mobile ringing, calling, but that's just something that just sprung to mind. So I said it. But one of the things which basically to me, I was like, oh, my goodness, you must definitely be from a wealthy background is a to study from abroad in the UK is really expensive to do. And I know that at University of it's definitely very expensive. So different unions have different prices for different students. But it's so obviously people who are studying in the UK have to pay fees, but it's like two, three, maybe even four times as much money if you're studying as a student from another country. And I think 
even maybe more if you're out I don't know I don't know I'm not going to start making things up but she that to me I was like right okay well you must be quite wealthy then and also despite her being in hospital I don't know exactly I think she arrived the same amount of time maybe she arrived a few days before me but I don't think she'd been in there that long and she was receiving these enormous bouquets of flowers and I don't mean like one nice bunch of flowers from your local Tesco I mean quite clearly a florist bouquet arrangement and they would be, she would be like notified, like, oh, another bunch of flowers has arrived for you, by the way, Zara. And she'd bring them through and you'd be like, oh my goodness, that's gorgeous. And she must have received, probably we were on the same ward for about, I don't know, 10 days. I think she, she left off for about 10 days. And she must have received at least five or six bunches of these flowers in the time that I was there. And I was always like, oh my goodness, is it, who's it from? Like, is it from your boyfriend? Or so, like, oh no, no, it's just my friend in China. So if you think about that, to buy an expensive bouquet of florist made flowers is obviously very expensive as it on its own. But to have that bouquet purchased from China, I mean, to me, I'm not that naive that I think the flowers came from China. But for someone to do that from China indicates to me that potentially there's some money going on there. And so I was just like, okay, she's obviously quite a wealthy young lady and I wasn't sure exactly why she was in hospital because she seemed as I say really friendly really outgoing she was one of the first people to come and introduce themselves to me she was one of those people that if you were near her you were involved in her conversation because she would involve you in that she was quite happy to to bear the brunt of any conversation that she had she'd do most of the talking she could talk about literally anything or everything so she was just she was one of those people very outgoing and lots to say and she did say those things which at times was a bit a bit much, but you know, at the time it was it was it was alright, I suppose. But then basically, I asked her as I got talking to her, like, "Oh, so why why are you here?" And she said, "Oh, that she had I can't remember whether she said that she had tried to kill herself or had just made threats to kill herself, but as a result of that." She was sectioned under the Mental Health Act, but only a section B. So it's a 28 day one to kind of ascertain where, what she what was going on with her and keeping her safe and stuff. But she was really angry about this and also quite confused. So it's difficult for me to say 100 percent that that's what happened. So I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, she tried to kill herself. That was a huge suicide attempt. I don't know whether that happened because I don't know whether there was a slight language barrier or something. But she was very much like, I I was fine. I didn't need to come in and they forced me to and all of this. So I, I was just like, oh, OK. So I was a bit confused. But she made it very clear that she <laughs> did not want to be on the ward. And she had a lot of anger about the fact that she was on the ward because she felt that she had expressed and as a result was sectioned that she didn't need to be there. And so when I first met her, I assumed that she was, like me, depressed, suicidal. That's why she was on the ward. And, you know, at at the time, I just kind of accepted that as face value. Because if you try and kill yourself, immediately someone thinks, oh, that person must be depressed. However, looking back now, when I was reflecting on my experiences with this young lady, and when I was thinking about, you know, putting her in the context of all the other people that I met and all the other patients and obviously bear in mind as I say every episode I am not a mental health expert I do think that some of her behaviours weren't necessarily in line with what I would call someone who was really depressed 
And bear in mind, I'm saying that as someone who was atypically depressed and I still found her behaviour because she sometimes she was so exuberantly happy that it literally when you were when you were near her, it was like, well, it wasn't infectious because I was you know depressed. But she was I don't know. She just was full of this energy and enthusiasm for life. But then almost like the weather, she would change and immediately it would be floods and floods of tears. I saw her hysterically crying on several occasions. I also saw her angry to the point of being quite aggressive, quite rude, quite abusive to staff, I would say. And so she was she changed very, very dramatically. Uh, And so I would say she almost had really quite drastic mood swings. And to me, alongside some of the other behaviours I saw, looking back now, I think, did she maybe have some form of personality disorder? Was she a borderline personality disorder or an emotionally unstable personality disorder? I think that's more likely potentially but obviously not a medical expert so it could just be complete bollocks couldn't it but one of the things which makes me think that she might have had EUPD or BPD depending on which anagram or they're not anagrams are they (laughs) no they're acronyms not anagrams anyway um what makes me think that she had one of those acronyms is that she portrayed quite she portrayed to me someone who was really unsure about how to have an appropriate relationship. And at first when I met her, I didn't know. I thought maybe it was a cultural thing because obviously I've never been to China. But I, I assume that they are not completely the same as the way in which people interact in the UK. I'm half German and I know that there are huge differences culturally between how people interact in Germany and how people interact in England. So I can only imagine how much more drastically different they would be with a country that's, you know, the other side of the world, I think. Not very good at geography. Um, but yeah, so some of the things I noticed was that she would hit on the male staff. And I don't mean as in like, oh, I've got a silly crush on him. He, he, he. But it was like, I've got a silly crush on him. He, he, he. So I'm going to over the top flirt with him, pull my top down. I'm going to try and sit on his lap. I'm going to stand really, really within his personal space. I'm going to ask him really personal questions, which aren't necessarily appropriate from a patient and staff relationship. Like, do you have a girlfriend? Are you married? Stuff like that. And... Again, she was also like that with some members of female staff. There was one member of female staff in particular who was a lesbian. And she was like, oh, I would I would turn for you really sexy. Like all of these things which she were just like, that's not appropriate. And I don't know that you can put that down to a cultural difference because I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe it's not. And if you're Chinese and, and, <laughs> and that's how you interact, well, I guess it's a more upfront way of doing things. But I definitely found it quite strange. And I also found and also it made the staff really, really uncomfortable because it's obviously for them, if they were involved in anything like that with a patient, that would be that would be them gone, you know. So it's really dangerous territory for them. And obviously they know that they're dealing with someone who's on a psych ward. So potentially isn't necessarily in the most mentally resilient place to face rejection. So I imagine it was a real tightrope for the staff members. And my heart went out to them a bit. But yeah, and then also with just with her friendships. So with with the patient, really, really overly generous. And she would literally give people things. She would go off the ward with a staff member or with her friends. Later on during her stay, some of her Chinese friends would come and visit her or some of her student friends would come and visit her. And she would like buy people little presents or she would give people things. I remember one time she would always she was quite messy and she always would have her stuff like splayed out on a desk so if you were watching tv in one of the lounges and she was in there she might not physically be in there but her very expensive laptop and all of her possessions would be like splayed out everywhere and then she'd return and she had all these really interesting foods which i'd never seen 
like locust bean snacks, dried locust bean things and stuff like that. And so I was always like, oh, Zara, what's what is this? And she'd be like, oh, you can have it. Just have it. And so she was really flippantly generous. But then when she was in one of her moods, she could be really abrupt. And I wouldn't say she was ever rude to patients, but she would definitely she would just kind of ignore you like you didn't exist and she was very much involved in her own emotional stay and so she really swung like a pendulum from one extreme to to the other so from that side of things it really did make me think you know is this someone who as a result of these violent mood swings has made a comment like I want to kill myself and then there's been some sort of communication issue or is there a genuine mental health disorder going on here who knows she was definitely really quirky as well. So she was, <laughs> she just, she just said things which were quite funny because they were so outrageous. So she had this real thing about slating British people and how British people did things in a way which was just ridiculous compared to how things were done in China. And, you know, some people might consider that to be potentially offensive if you're surrounded by British people and you're saying things like, oh, British food's disgusting. The hospitals in Britain are, are shit. The universities are shit. I'm wasting my money getting a degree at this uh, shit university. Just stuff like that, she'd say. But then she'd also be like, oh, British women aren't very attractive. She just had all these very like bold opinions. And obviously they weren't necessarily registering the audience who were around her. And I don't know whether that was just part of her quirkiness. She was genuinely most of the time quite nice and quite funny to be around because she said these things and I found them quite funny. She would bring strange ingredients into dinner in these weird jars and obviously she wasn't allowed even to have the jars because they were glass and you could use them self-harm and she and obviously you weren't allowed to bring in your own food for dinner but she did. She would bring in these strange spices and then she would just eat them with bangers and mash or some other really really traditional British meal and these spices were in this weird, they were always in really strangely coloured liquids and they were like really hot chilies or different things that were pickled and and they, none of them looked like they went at all with the you know traditional english stodgy beige food and so i found it quite entertaining she was always like oh ellie do you want some do you want some of this really strange smelling paste for your sausages or whatever and i was always like oh no that's fine and then i think eventually what happened is she got caught smuggling one of the jars in and that was another reason for her to blow up at staff and it was literally zero to 100 like it was quite impressive how quickly she could turn from being really happy to really really infuriated and it generally seemed to be linked to whether she was allowed to do what she wanted to do or not and she had a real sense of her freedom being removed from her and she had a massive massive problem with that which to be honest is fair enough especially if it was a a language barrier thing and actually she was in her right mind or in or in the rightest mind that anyone can be who who knows today's episode is brought to you by vea Veya was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Veya returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Veya is a true American watch company specialising in both quartz and automatic watches. Veya is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to veyawatches.com, that's V-A-E-R watches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. I think as well, the fact that she was so intelligent played a huge role in her her frustration because 
I assume that for her, she she was obviously a really high functioning and intellectual and not necessarily everyone that you meet in life is <laughs> and certainly not necessarily on a psych ward. And I suppose for her, some of the arguments that staff were putting across, she didn't feel were necessarily relevant to her or they weren't um, they weren't if they weren't profound enough, they didn't make an impact with her because she was able maybe to intellectually see above them. I don't know. Um it's difficult to say, but I just I one of the reasons I know that she was intelligent beyond obviously the fact she was at uni and studying a highbrow degree and whatever else was that she we had this one time where we were playing Chinese checkers, which I'd never played before. And there were four of us because I think you have four people. I could be wrong, but I think there were four of us. And I'm not really a logic person. I think I'm very much more creative because of my passion for English. And I just think in a very different way to people who are quite logical so my husband's really really logical he just sees patterns and formulas and things that I just would have it take me a while to see and she played Chinese checkers and just absolutely smashed it (laughs) in very very she wasn't even paying attention because she was on one of her I think she had like two phones and her laptop she was on her phone constantly like talking to people in China and her friends at uni and whatever she wasn't really even playing fully with her full attention and she would just like look up look at the board, then we're like, duh, 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 and just win it, basically. So she won it very quickly. And I just remember being quite amazed at how how bright she was and how easy it was for her. And <laughs> I also remember that incident quite strongly because one of the trainee male <laughs> nurses was, was playing with us and she basically edged herself closer and closer to him. Every time he had a go, so he was slightly distracted, she would edge slightly closer to him on the sofa to the point where, and he was right next to the arm, so he, there was nowhere for him to go. And it got to the point where she was literally sitting on his lap and you could tell he was so uncomfortable and he didn't really know what to do because, you know, maybe he hadn't reached that. He was very early on in his training, <laughs> bless him. And so he was just so flabbergasted. And it was funny, I have to say. time went on she became increasingly more frustrated and there were there were more frequent outbursts of anger and and that she would literally shout across the ward so you always knew when she was blowing up even if you were in your room and these tended to coincide around ward rounds so there was as I said I think last episode there were ward rounds on a Monday and I think towards the end of the week as well would be a Thursday and if on a Monday she wasn't seen she would literally push her way into somebody else's ward round and try and speak to the psychiatrist who wasn't even necessarily her psychiatrist. She was really, really persistent like that. And that obviously didn't go down very well with staff. And so there'd be big shouting matches, not from the staff, but certainly from her. And then again, on the Thursday, when she did go in, she'd always take in all of these notes that she'd written. And essentially she would argue with them and then she wouldn't really get her way because at the end of the day, they're doing it from a, a duty of care, rational, logical perspective. And obviously she was doing it from, I want my freedom back, emotional one. And for whatever reason, she never seemed to get anywhere. So she would be really, really angry after those and very tearful. And I think one of the, I think all of this basically contributed to her deciding to appeal her section. So if you're a section, you have the right to appeal and you can do that for free. And there are lawyers, which are, I believe they're like no, no window fee, or I don't even know, or they might even just be free. I don't know. But the, when you are a section, they give you literally a sheet of lawyers that you can contact to help you with your appeal. And I don't even know whether she used one of those because it might've been that she was wealthy and just paid for her own or whatever. But she definitely went in to this tribunal essentially where she had to prove 
that she was able to act for herself and she didn't need to be sectioned and she therefore didn't need to be in hospital. And I'd seen this a few times. Uh, I mentioned a couple in my first series of people who challenged this, who tried to get out and obviously didn't. And I never met anyone up until this point who had got through a tribunal and passed it. However, Zara did. So she passed the tribunal, or I don't even know if that's the right terminology, it's probably not, but essentially her appeal was successful and she was told that she was no longer under section and that she could be discharged on the Monday. And I think it must have been on a Thursday or a Friday. So she had a few days where she was kind of really happy because she was being allowed to leave, but also she was kind of frustrated because she couldn't leave then and there. Like, I think because they needed to sort out next steps for her or I don't know. I wasn't involved. They didn't even consult me. How rude. No, I'm joking. But yeah, so she essentially that evening, she decided that she was going to go out with her friends friend friends don't know I wasn't obviously invited (laughs) because you know she was going to go out with her friends and so she arranged for her friend to meet her and then they were going to go for dinner I think and it got to I don't know what time they were going to meet but it was past eight o'clock and essentially you aren't really allowed to do that you have to be back by certain times on a ward so I think it's from eight to eight you have to be in the hospital you can't not be because then if you aren't you lose your bed or I can't even really remember the reason why but you have to be in the hospital you have to you just have to and so she tried to leave and they were like sorry Zara but you can't leave and they she was like what do you mean I can't leave of course I can leave I've been I've appealed and I've been told that I can go so why can't I go and they were like yes but that's only in effect from Monday and you know we're and also by the way in the time that it had taken for her to have the appeal be successful and obviously just arranged to meet her friend or whatever. In that time, staff had changed, obviously, because it wasn't the same people 24 hours a day. So the nurse staff that were on were the night staff because they arrived at about, I can't remember what time, eight o'clock, something like that. And so obviously on the notes that they'd been given, it would clearly say, well, I don't even know whether that would be on notes because it's just hospital rules, but they weren't really privy to what had been going on with her because they just arrived on shift. And so they were just like, well, we can't let you out, I'm afraid. So sorry, you'll just have to cancel with your friend. And she went ballistic. She went, she was so angry and it went on and on and on. And she was like screaming at the top of her voice like, my dad's going to sue this hospital. We've already hired a lawyer and this is a shit hospital. The care is shit. You don't care about the patient. You're keeping me prisoner here. What a shit staff. What a shit regime. She was just furious and she was shouting. She was screaming. She was crying. And I can remember I was just standing quietly in the meds queue because obviously I was just waiting for my meds. Because at this time, essentially, I had convinced myself that I could not sleep. I was on medication I had to take at night. Um, But alongside that, every single night I would take basically sleeping tablets because I was convinced I wouldn't sleep if I didn't have sleeping tablets. Which I don't know if that's true or not. But at the time, I really believed it. And so I would always, always go to the meds queue because I wanted my tablets. And so she was in front of me. She kind of jumped into the queue just because there were no other staff who were willing. I think they'd all barricaded themselves in the office because they just didn't want to have to deal with her. And so the the, the nurse who was you know, re- responsible for handing out meds was obviously there by the hatch and just trying to get on with her job. And she was just in front of her, just ranting and raving and saying, my friend's outside. What the fuck am I supposed to say? And screaming and this nurse was like oh my goodness like what's going on and she was just like look stop speaking to me like that it's not my fault I don't (laughs) I don't have anything to do with it and eventually uh, I think they threatened to to sedate her then eventually she calmed down 
And uh, I think actually they forced her to take, yeah, because if you get really irate in hospital, they can request that you take a sedative. And then if you don't take it, they will then forcibly inject you. So I think that's what happened. But for whatever reason, she then calmed down. And very swiftly after that, she packed her bags and left. And that was the last time that I ever saw her. What did I learn from her? I guess I learned that sometimes sticking it to the man and rebelling and being really kind of ferocious and tenacious in what you want sometimes in a mental health setting that does lead to a positive outcome because for her obviously she she won the section appeal and she was the only patient that I met who did that and so I suppose for her for me it was at that moment in time a real eye-opener that oh my goodness because I'd chosen not to appeal my own section because I just thought I, I just basically thought I wouldn't win because of the fact that I'd tried to kill myself numerous times in hospital. And looking back now, I think I made the right decision for me. But it made me question that decision and made me think, oh, maybe I maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have pushed to appeal. But then again, you know, I don't know. But it, it just definitely made me think a bit more about um, the appeal process. Because I, I genuinely had this preconception that tribunals were kind of a... A show trial and really the decision would lie with the doctors and it wouldn't have anything to do with with these independent people who made this decision but obviously it does so if you are listening and you are in a mental health hospital and you feel that you are able to live on the outside and, and that's something that is corroborated by your friends and family because I think they often have a perspective that is really valuable when it comes to things big decisions like whether you should be in hospital or not definitely have a conversation with them and then really consider maybe whether the appeal would be something for you. I know for me as well, one of the things that I, I struggled with was stress and any form of like uncertainty and variables. And my anxiety, as I mentioned, was really, really, really strong at this point. And so the thought of, of appealing for me was just so anxiety ridden that I just I just couldn't focus or face that because the rejection element of it as well would be another rejection that I just, I just couldn't have coped with it. I just couldn't. So I didn't. There we go. What do I think you can learn from her? I guess you can learn face value thing. Persist. If you're facing adversity, if you feel like you're not being heard, you're not being understood, just keep trying. (laughs) Maybe don't rant and rave. Maybe don't threaten to sue people or, you know, voice your opinions in a way which isn't necessarily reflective of who you want to be seen as a person or who you truly are as a person. But definitely persist in, in what you believe to be to be right. Whether or not that was what was right for her is something that I cannot possibly answer because I don't even know 100% what was wrong with her. I really hope that she went on to get the treatment that she needed you know, within the community because for someone to be admitted onto a psychiatric ward, they're, they're often, you know, they're not just handing out beds like sweets. They're really, really hard to come by. And so to get a bed on a ward means that there is obviously some significant reason that has motivated doctors to section you because they feel that strongly that they are willing to take away your rights so that you are fixed on a, in, a, in a safe, secure environment. And so, you know, I really hope that whatever happened to her, she was able to make a recovery from whatever she was experiencing, whether it was just a moment of stress or a really emotional moment or whether she does have a personality disorder or a form of depression. I really hope as well that that she learned something from her stay because 
I think even if in life you go through things which at the time you're like, what the hell? This has done nothing for me. It's it's literally done nothing for me. I mean, I certainly could could look at my time in hospital and be like, I spent three months on a ward. I couldn't go out. <laughs> you know, it was there was no there was very little positive there. But that just isn't the truth. And actually, sometimes in life, I guess from my own perspective, and I'm I'm hoping maybe from Zara's, the things which make the least sense at the time in the long run, hopefully, are more profound than you first imagined. Or maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe she just looks back on her time in hospital and thinks that was just awful. Um, but yeah, that's Zara. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Next time, I'm going to be talking to you about Sarah and the violent and intimidating scenario I found myself in when I realised that I was living with someone who was potentially out to get me. Or maybe it was just my paranoia. We'll find out next time. And I'll also be releasing the next coffee cup competition in next week's episode. So listen out for that, guys. See you then.